Hello and welcome to Postgres FM. My name is Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, uh, you chose the topic under indexing. You said this is the most popular case you see, like when people like indexes, table like indexes, not people, of course. Yes. Well, last week we discussed over-indexing and the, the problems that can come about because of that. And then that that made me think, wait, why have we why are we right. covering this case when we haven't covered the the case I tend to see more often? And I think is at least in terms of raw numbers of companies or people, I think more people are in this boat, even if they don't think they are. And I think that's that might be an important thing. I think you said you were going to do a poll. You might be about to do a poll on whether people consider that they are under-indexed or over-indexed. I think a lot of people have added a lot of indexes, but for their trade-offs, either some of those are not necessarily precise or optimal, or there are some duplicates in there. Maybe like they have a lot of indexes, but they still could afford to have a few more precise ones to really help their workload. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I haven't, I don't have uh, poll results right now, but right. So we think like over-indexing comes uh, after you, you are in the previous position under indexing, right? So, and then over indexing and then precise indexing, like evolution of uh, the state of uh, your index sets. So, yeah, I don't actually don't know. And the poll, it's not representative, even if a few hundred people answered still, we don't know. And of course, from my experience, when people ask us to help, like consulting practice, uh, of course, we already see a lot of efforts to fix problems and obviously sometimes too many indexes created and obviously this is the state uh, not initial one it's, it's already some developed situation so yeah i agree with you that under indexing is also interesting topic maybe more basic but worth discussing yeah and i've actually just realized i probably should have realized this earlier that it's possible to be both at the same time right like you could bring in a consultant they remove 10 indexes and add two like it's possible that you're missing right. the perfect indexes, but also have way too many indexes. So maybe it's a bit oversimplistic for me to say. Uh, and and interesting that from if you come to some project, uh, removing index indexes is easier. Is more at least it's a simple task actually. You you check uh, um, duplicates, you check redundant, unused indexes, right? And this is easier than finding proper indexes when it's uh, when some tables are under indexed because you, you need to analyze workload and this is more complex research basically than just uh, checking for redundant or unused indexes i mean yeah. th those types of research also not super super trivial they have some complexities we discussed them but finding proper indexes may be more difficult problem what do you think mm -hmm. Finding them is interesting. I think there are some pretty simple cases of finding uh, cases of being under-indexed as well. But uh, clearing it up, I guess now that we have, especially now that we have drop index concurrently, it's quite easy to clean up. There's not much risk to cleaning up indexes. Whereas adding an index, and the downsides aren't as, like if you're dropping an index, as long as you're confident it's not being used, you're only seeing upsides. Whereas adding an index, you have to convince people it's worth it as well, maybe. To be honest, I'm not sure we're ever in a situation where we're really having to choose between these two. Normally, it's a case of a quite a clear-cut win. But 
on that, like before we dive too much into specifics, should we go through a few of the, like how would somebody know what are some signs that you might be in a situation where you are what we're calling under-indexed? Sequential scan. My main first sign. You see sequential scan. And actually, if you see it, maybe first thing you need to do, not just go and create index, but first you need to check your Postgres settings because still I see many managed Postgres services, service providers. Uh, they do bad job pre-configuring Postgres clusters. I see the random page cost being four in so many Same. places still. Yeah, they they give you SSD disk and keep random page cost four, which is for magnetic disks. And this is first thing you need to, to check if you have sequential scans uh, more often than you expect in the scan, but but you see sequential scan. Even if you don't have index yet, it's it's worth first checking this thing, and only then start creating indexes because otherwise you might see you created index but it's not still not used because if random page cost is four it means that postgres will will prefer sequential scans more often right yeah i i thought this i was actually quite surprised when somebody i know was migrating from a provider that tuned it a little they tuned it down to 2.0 not not as low as you might suggest but they were moving to a provider who didn't suggest copying across the config and had the setting as 4.0 and saw no issues at all. So I, I do I think a fresh case. Let's, let's drop some names. Uh, Crunchy yeah. Bridge. Yeah. Crunchy Bridge. 4.0. Like, I said, great, like super cool that, that they provide real super user, mm -hmm. unlike most of the others, but they also keep random page cost 4. What's happening there? I, mean, I don't know. I think do I think they make a good small. point that it's well. In a way, it's not that important, right? Like it's important for some subtle cases and for some cases where we're scanning a lot of rows. Edge cases, but, probably, right? But, yeah, but for the for the standard like primary key lookups, it doesn't make a difference. As, as soon as I you're, agree, but edge yeah. cases happen more often than you, when, uh, than we would like to to have them, right? So yeah, and as a managed uh, provider, I think slightly more is, complex query, and you already have this problem. Yeah. I, I encounter yeah. with this problem very often. Like we start optimizing mm -hmm. and this like, I, I myself forget about it. That's why I, I'm raising this as a first thing because I, I found my, I found myself in this position when I said like spend some time and then realizing, Oh, random page cost four so many times already. Like I can count like 10 times maybe during last couple of years. Yeah. So it's a lot already, <laughs> like I, and and we we should we should fix it first and then move forward. I think. Cool. But when okay. you and let, going back to what you mentioned, sequential scans. Are you? Do you mean let's say in the like statistics we're looking at, like in a, in the system views, we're looking at the percentage of sequential scans done on a table, or do you mean like looking at a single execution plan of a slow query and it's using a sequential well, scan? Well, here you touch the topic of lacking the tools to analyze workload more holistically, because if we don't have uh, auto-explain enabled, PGSTAR statements don't have plans. And you might guess that there is sequential scan looking at uh, buffer numbers. Right, compare them to calls and think, oh, so many buffer numbers, maybe sequential scan there. But of course, I'm mostly talking about uh, explain and analysis of a single query. So. But we can also look up, is it PGStat user 
tables, we can look at the proportion of queries that use sequential scans versus index scans. That could be like if you're under index, you might see yeah, exactly. a decent percentage. Actually, you are right. Yeah, yeah, at table level, not at query level, yeah. but at table level. Yeah. Exactly. Good that, point. Good that, point. That's one of the starting points that I would look at for like seeing if somebody is like thinking about overall, they just haven't added that many indexes. That's going to be a real telltale sign there. But I was thinking even other, like even higher level things, like maybe they're saturated on IOPS or maybe they have high CPU all the time. Like there might be some system wide uh, effects of doing a lot of these table scans as well, right? Uh, right, so it's a good point. Uh, analysis of PGSTAT uh, user tables, uh, it's a good idea. Uh, but also worth remembering that some queries do need sequential scan, for example, dump or some reading yep. whole table, select count star from, oh, select count star is already index scan, maybe index only scan, right? Yeah, yeah but you're right. Like, it, this is actually probably worth mentioning quite early on that. I mean, I actually haven't looked at the percentage recently and it will depend on like the size of the table, like si the number of columns and things. But if you're scanning more than, I I'm going to put out a number there and it's, this is wrong, but like it's roughly in the right area. If you're scanning more than 20% of a table, chances are a sequential scan is going to be faster or at least as fast as an index scan and less expensive. It depends. Overall. It depends. I know because yeah, select count, uh, if it's uh, even whole table scan, I mean, whole, you need all rows, count all rows. Uh, Index-only scan will be much faster than counting with sequential scan, obviously. So yeah. it very depends. That's why I actually, honestly, I I forgot about just at the user tables because I don't use it too, too often. Hmm, I usually prefer switching to the next layer. This is very top le level. Of course, yeah. if you go from top to bottom, it's great. You start with like look, looking at tables. Each table has a lot, participates in, in many queries. But I prefer going sec second layer queries, so just statements. And there we don't have the counter related to plans. And each query might have multiple plans depending on parameters. So auto explain is good. And this is like, anyway, let's maybe skip it. We discussed this uh, query analysis in other episodes, but the bottom line, sometimes you do need sequential scan. For example, if you dump, it's yeah. inevitable. But in many cases, if it's sequential scan, you probably need an index unless as you said, we need to read too much of the table. So words, cardinality and selectivity to these two words are important to understand. If selectivity is bad, means that cardinality is high and we read too many rows, sequential scan maybe is fine. Right? Yeah. And the other exception is tiny tables. Like if you've got less than 100 rows in a table, like a lookup table, if, and you see like a How many rows you mentioned? I said 100, but let's say 10. Like let's use a number that you can't uh, 10, fight. 10,000 or just 10? 10 rows. Like okay. we're talking about a little lookup table, for example, okay. and you see a you see a hundred percent of scans of that table are sequential scans. Right. Not a problem. Like just right. not an issue. Right. Right. Uh, but thousand, uh, thousand rows, maybe in the scan already will be better. Yeah. I would Slightly, guess. Very, like very s small difference between these. And actually all of the things I mentioned are not a definite sign that you're under index, like high IOPS, high CPU. They could, they could just be like system load. It could be, you would have perfect indexing and still have those issues, but they might, they could be a sign. Like, like you said, high number of sequential scans isn't a sign that you necessarily are under index, but it might be. It's a clue rather than a 
piece of evidence. Right, but and looking at a single plan, if you see sequential scan, when you know yeah. that you just read one row out in, in a billion row table, <laughs> this is a strong sign you need some, you need an index. Exactly. If it's an important query, if it's a query you repeat over and over, or like if it's not one you're running like once ever and then never needing yeah. again. Trade-off, right? You, you, exactly. If, but yeah, I've got a couple of others that might be useful to think about. So we've got the high IOPS, high CPU, low index scan ratio. Also, like low cache hit ratio could be a sign. If you're using indexes nicely, chances are you are going to see more things being written. And then a couple of other more obvious ones are slow deletes. If you're seeing that, there's a decent chance you're missing an index. And Before, so this, this is already like, you, you dive to some specific topic. We, I mean, it's not very uncommon, but uh, before we consider this, how about mentioning that you might have index scan, but it's still underperforming and yeah. a sign of it, if you see in the, in the plans, filter. Some yeah. rows were filtered out because like index is was created for different queries, basically. It works, but finds too many rows, like extra rows. Yeah, exactly. And this takes us back to the first thing you mentioned, which was sequential scan. So if we're looking at a query that we we think is, is slow or is maybe one of our most common queries, or we're sorting PGStat statements by total time, and we're just looking at the execution plan of one of those, and we see either a sequential scan with a large filter or, an, as you're mentioning, an index scan with a large filter, then there's a there's a chance that's not optimal for our workload and we'd be better off with either an index in the case of a sequential scan or a better, like a more precise index for that access pattern. Right. right. So I, I also don't like filtering. <laughs> but there's something, again, you might say I'm diving too much into the weeds here, but there is something slightly different about these two. With sequential scan, it can be really obvious. The, the rows removed by filter tends to be quite a large number. Not always the exact number you're filtering because chances are if you're doing a large sequential scan on a modern version of Postgres, it will be parallelized at least. So the number you're seeing will probably be three times lower than the actual number being filtered because you, you have to multiply it by the number of um, right. total right. threads or I don't don't quite know how to describe it. Number of workers, workers plus the main. Right. Yeah, but plus the main one, right? So what do you call right. those three it's combined? confusing. If you see two yeah. parallel workers, it means three workers already, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that number can be already big, though, and it can sta it sticks out in plans. Whereas sometimes with inefficient index scans, we might be put like in a nested loop, for example, with thousands of loops. And that number removed by, like, rows removed by filter could be could say just one or two or, or five. Inside the loop, right. But you have to multiply it by that number of loops uh, to realize what the proportion. And if it's the difference between rows removed by filter and rows returned by that node, the actual rows returned, is, is the giveaway there. And if you multiply it by the number of loops, then you get a really good idea of how inefficient this is being and therefore oh could we think of a better way but the the key takeaway if you, you're probably not going to remember all of that if you're listening to this for the first time but if you just please 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 don't just see an index scan in your query plan and move on and assuming right. it's it, the most efficient thing possible so sequential scan is one sign filtering in, in the like not our index, someone, someone, someone else's index is a different case, but there is also, you see index scan, 
maybe no filtering, but also top end sort or something like in memory sorting. Yeah. Because and you could do better if index combine a couple of co- columns, which, which uh, one, for example, is to support uh, filtering where they were clubs, right? And second is to order by. For the example is like filter by date and then order by, by name or filter by name, order by, by date, for example. If you combine the both columns properly in proper order in this, in the same index in single index, it will be just one single index scan and that's it. No memory in memory sorting. So this is a, yet another uh, a sign that probably you need to think about different index, right? Yeah, absolutely. In addition um, to filters, to fil- uh, filter with large numbers. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's another good point actually. If we if you consider the general access patterns of IOTP systems for uh, the ones that we tend to see more of, I think people start with single column indexes when they're learning about indexing. And there's only so efficient you can get with those. Maybe that, that trade-off is perfect for your system, but chances are that you're going to have some access patterns that return a couple of different columns. And for those, you're never going to be able to compete on efficiency with single column indexes. Even though Postgres does have some optimizations around that, then you are with a precisely ordered multi-column index. And the right. key takeaway from me there that I still see people getting confused about is that order really matters. Which column you put first really matters. Which column you put second really matters, and onwards. Let's let's consider this simple example, which is very very common. Uh, you filter by by some city, for example. You filter by city mm-hmm. and order by I don't know by by ID in descending order. So if you have two indexes, one in, in, on the city ID or city name, if you put the name or inside, and the second is on ID primary key. Mm-hmm. These two indexes uh, cannot work together well here. So Postgres will ne- decide to choose which index to choose and then uh, uh, perform additional either filtering or if it, it's chose, if it's chose index on ID or if it chose index on city ID, then uh, it will be this top end sort in memory. And in this case, you just need the which index you need the index on city ID and then uh, ID, right? Exactly. First filter, then. then then order by and the opposite order i id and then city would be pretty useless for that query mm, right right it, it will be useless because order by is executed after where where comes before it so we need the uh, city id to be in the first place on these two column index also if you create this index you can drop an index on city id yes so that we can refer this people, is what people back forget. to yeah. back to the previous episode exactly. Previous episode for yeah, for having too many indexes. Good. Good. So this we discussed basic things. Now like we move to the area you started to raise uh, when you said foreign keys and so on. But I would say there are many, many cases and foreign keys is one of them when we talk about uh we need this index but not too often. And this is like difficult because you need to decide. Because if you delete from a table and want to, to have it executed fast, but you do it only once per year, maybe you don't need to keep the indexes which support this delete, because the index, index uh, is uh, indexes occupy disk space. They slow down updates and inserts, as we discussed, and they even slow down selects, as we discussed. I mean, planning time. 
So or not only playing time, if you achieve 16 locks, uh, execution is slowed down as well. So maybe you don't need those indexes. But so any, any, every time you need to decide. Okay, I have this report, for example, or this delete with foreign keys, uh, cascaded delete, right? But it's executed once per what? Once per week or month or year. Do I need those indexes? Or maybe I need to create indexes and then drop them. I don't know. When we do some cleanup, some temporary indexes. So it's, it's interesting because there is trade-off here and this price you pay for indexes. And I'm, I'm again like echoing our last previous episode, right? But let's, let's, let's consider particular examples of some cases like foreign key is interesting one, right? Yeah, because I don't think I said foreign key. I love that you jumped straight to it. I think I was giving specific examples. Support deletes, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, but if you maybe sp- maybe the mistake I made was saying slow deletes because what I should have said is slow queries. Like it's the the sign that you're missing an index. The first sign is like the the web page is slow for users. Like that, these are like the. I know we're back to basics, but it's slow deletes are a subset of slow queries in general, right? Like it's the slow right. query and the, the slow delete is, uh, is one I mentioned partly because I think it doesn't fit into the other categories because we can see a slow delete without a sequential scan. We don't see the sequential scan in the execution right. plan. So it was more you, that it's like you mean because cascaded delete when we we have delete yeah. on the main on some table it it works using some index scan it finds rows to delete using some index scan but it also needs to propagate deletion to reference sync tables so yes we have a form key to us and in this case uh, if we don't have special index on those tables postgres will need to perform sequential scan on that table to find all rows which reference to row we delete in the main table and this is a better situation uh, many DBA kits, toolkits include a special report to find such under-indexed foreign keys. Usually on, on, on one side of foreign key, we have primary key usually, right? It's, yeah. it's okay. But on the other side, we sometimes don't have it. And if we think about it, like this is uh, the area where a reactive approach doesn't work well because pro- probably you will like live quite long without encountering the, this plan at all. And then someone decides to delete something. For example, delete some user and all data this user produced. Very common case. And suddenly, if you don't uh, use some asynchronous approaches, you want to delete everything. Maybe it's it's not a good idea, but it's a different story. In this case, suddenly, like you don't you didn't delete anyone during a couple of months of your project. Then suddenly you try to delete, and it works very slow. So proactive analysis of such situation using that report and uh, creation of indexes proactively here might be a good idea right but, but it depends again it depends a lot on your use case you I also understand can... it mm-hmm. i was gonna i was just gonna say that i think it surprises some people that postgres doesn't index foreign keys by default so you can define it as a referencing but you like with the primary key we get the index implicitly behind the scenes to guarantee uniqueness but it means we can use it for lookups as well but foreign keys we don't get indexed by default but some frameworks do so like oh what are you gonna say well indexing foreign keys sound strange to me because like again it's we have two ends of foreign key right sorry it's yeah one end, <laughs> indexing of one end and the so. index to the referencing column yeah 
But but at Django, for example, if we've uh-huh. had a if I uh, at a a second table with with a well, it's it's not called that in the Django world. But if I if I add this into my model, I'll get an index on that on the original table right. that added for me. And I think it's quite a sensible default for RLT. Yeah, yeah. But I think this also a case when again, like this is a case when we need some proactive analysis and uh, mm-hmm. understanding trade offs. There are many such cases, a lot of such cases. For example, we have uh, monthly reports, right? And and we didn't prepare indexes for such reports, or I don't know, like for example, we have very high flexibility in our UI, allowing people to filter on too many, like on, in extreme case, we allow users in, in when working with data, we allow them to order by anything, to filter by any column, combinations of them. And this is like the worst situation when we try to understand which indexes we need. And for example, we analyzed uh, last week, we're doing fine, but tomorrow somebody won't uh, filter on something new, which wasn't used before. And this is not covered by any indexes we have, right? So I'm trying to, to like say we have situations when it's hard to predict all possible cases and things like ORM or GraphQL, uh, they, they like, they give the power to users, but this power needs to be supported by indexes. And you can say quite, uh, like that it's, this is very high probability that if you take some project, which says we give full freedom, full flexibility to our users, you can say most likely this project is under-indexed because you can find some situations when we don't have index and we we like have sequential scan, for example, right? Yeah. What to do in this case? So, the, I mean, we're getting close to the point where we're saying what to do when you're almost optimally indexed and you've got the, you've got a decision to make. I, I personally think that m- most people aren't in that situation and the overhead of adding another one is is going to be worthwhile. But as we've discussed in the previous episode, if you take that to its logical conclusion, you're going to end up in a situation where you have probably more indexes than is optimal. But maybe you're dealing with more complex situations than I am. But I think it's a lot of applications are quite simple. Like a lot of a lot of applications only have a certain number of access patterns to each table. And you actually, you cut, once you've got a few indexes that are really precisely for certain features, you're probably going to be fine until you add a new feature or until you scale beyond a point where, like, like we talked about in the partitioning episode, you know, like where you have to make a bigger change. So, yeah, it, I think adding a new feature is a good, like, case where you should reconsider. But maybe I misunderstood what you were saying. There was a little bit of well, uh, Right, so, so let me repeat. Uh, the, if you have some application with strict usage patterns, you understand how exactly users can use, uh, which queries they can produce uh, under the hood, this is okay. Like you can, you can build proper set. You can be, you can find very good set of indexes and, and ju- then just slightly adjust, re- revisit it from time to time. But if you build some platform on top of Postgres, 
for, okay, for yeah. example, an extreme case like no code platform, which provides like very flexible way for de- like, or even developers, uh, and you build like some uh, uh, some REST API, GraphQL, or something, and you give a bit like full freedom, filter by anything, order by anything. Like, all columns are possible. Like build a column, build a table with hundred columns, and use all of them to filter order by, and like do it on client side from browser or something. This is extreme situation and you don't know in advance, you don't know which indexes you will need. Yeah. Right. This is a bad situation. And obviously you are an under because you cannot create index on each column on, and then two column indexes on each combinations. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, this reminds me, I think uh, when we tweeted probably the last episode, it must've been the last episode, somebody replied saying, I, came across a client recently that had 50 indexes on a uh, this t- on this specific table is that a new record and then somebody else replied with one of heap, heap, an- heap analytics blog posts so heap are kind of in that situation right they let people dump like it's analytics data right, right into right. postgres and they don't know what people are going to want to look up and order by and sort so that that's effectively a custom analytics product on top of postgres right so i would probably direct them at this right but analytics. It, was, it was not many columns uh, situation uh, they ha- keep this is old but a very interesting article they yeah. indexed they created a lot like how many hundred thousand i don't remember Milli- millions <laughs> millions of indexes yeah uh but partial ones so they indexed like a few, uh, some rows, not whole table, some rows of it. And they also decided to go with a create index without concurrently. They explained why I don't, yep. I don't remember. It's an interesting article, but it's a special case. It's I not- think it's because you can't do more than one create index concurrently at the same time. Uh, yeah, maybe because of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which when you're doing millions is a problem. Right, right. Interesting, yeah. But it's not uh, what I'm talking about when we have many columns and we need to, to expose this table via a REST API or GraphQL and allow end users to choose which like filtering and, and ordering and it's this is bad. I mean this is not this is hard problem to solve. Did you uh, I I'm not yeah, I'm not as familiar with that. Um, as it sounds like you are, but there was a there was a blog post not that long ago from Cybertech, I think, talking about a new um, a new extension, I believe, that was to do with this kind of like it was. I think it was designed, at, or the example they gave was for like an online shop that wanted to let you filter by any category, like you want to pick men's t-shirts and then color and at each stage they wanted to give you a count of how many there were in those categories um and it was like a a new algorithm for getting those counts quickly on any custom data set so I, i'm guessing there's something in that it's called faceted, faceted search right that's um, it yeah right right is yeah, that related it's well yes but in, in, if you're building e-commerce system and need this it's solvable problem I'm talking about platform, like platform for people who don't want to dive into index details. For example, think about Superbase, for example, right? But maybe even more like people who don't understand databases and don't understand indexes, like, and they need to just to visually create tables and then build some mobile app or something. This is, this is not good. Like this, you, you probably still need to think how to restrict the freedom, right? 
and think about indexes. Without understanding indexes, probably you won't achieve good performance if you have a lot of data, right? So you're saying as a platform provider, how much should you index things by default and how much should you let the users have like power to do that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe you need to restrict the paths and maybe if you have GraphQL, maybe you need to restrict uh, possibilities uh, it provides. Because... Or, yeah, I mean, this is just a strict trade-off, right? Either you restrict things and try and uh, give a certain amount of performance as a minimum, or you accept poor performance, or you have something in between, like... Like I've seen one product, for example, land on saying if a query takes more than like if there if if a user's changing a dashboard and it takes more than a few seconds to load, uh, say say to the user, could you restrict it a little bit more? Like it could you like could you filter down to a smaller date range or something else to to give it a chance of doing a faster scan? So there are like user facing things you can do, I think, in those situations. But we're in the strict trade off land, aren't we? Right, right. I'm just trying to say, if you don't, if you don't, if you want to avoid indexing topic, maybe you won't solve the problem. You need to understand indexes, and you need to like make some decisions, probably leading to some restrictions. Because yeah, I think this so. Will, yeah, yeah. Good. And uh, what else? Like uh, how uh, how to build indexes faster? Maybe. Honestly, I think this want. is probably. I think this is enough. There's so many articles I see go into kind of the different index types and they go into partial indexing and index on expressions. And it gets complicated fast, but honestly, the basics are, well, I guess they're the basics for a reason, but they, if you, I think you can get a long, long way just with single and multi-column B-tree indexes. Right, right. But yeah, obviously everything else could be left for another day. Right, or gene index for some com more complex data, yeah. like JSON or arrays. But again, like let's uh, let's uh, finish with a reminder that if you decided to add an index, also consider the cost, the price you are going to pay yeah. for it. It's not only storage; it's uh, negative effect of existing on existing queries. It's it will be small, but in some cases it's significant, especially if you had hot updates keep only tuple updates and then you create index and lose them. Updates can be significantly slower and, and, and heavily loaded system it may, it may be very noticeable. And and if you're in a even moderately loaded system, you probably don't want to just create an index. You probably want to do create index concurrently. Right, but we we agree to discuss this next time how to speed up and do it right and so on. <laughs> like, okay, let's do that's that. how to slow it down, but how to keep it how to keep it safe. Right. Two times slower, right? Okay, good. Nice one. Thanks so much, Nikolai. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Catch See you, you next week. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.